Ladies and gentlemen, I am Ben's worst nightmare. I am the gatekeeper, Elio Canella. He is the man that's always piercing barriers, although this week he's taking a bit of a break from piercing those barriers because he's in a, in a bizarre nightmare with my profile picture that I have. Yeah, so and uh, this is a PNC. This is a PNC progression wrestling podcast. Ben, how are you? What were you saying? I'm. uh, Well, we. I got cut off because I was. I was very scared and disoriented from your uh, profile picture because for for some reason you decided to uh, introduce me to this creepy little bastard known as the. Gatekeeper, and, I'm, and then, and then, ladies and gentlemen, not not only does he decide to show me creepy pictures, he decide he decides to play me a trailer of this of this video game that his that his parents bought him and his brothers back in the uh, back in the early days, and and it was such a, it was such a stupid game. Like looking back in it now, it was so stupid. <laughs> what was what he thinking? My brothers were like, well, you know, it's... well, because it was uh, my neighbors. Uh, they bought they bought the game. Then my brothers uh, were saw it. And they're like, oh, we gotta get one too. I'm like, oh god. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you you should not have subjected yourself to that. You shouldn't have subjected me to this bullshit. <laughs> Why? Well, I, 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 I have to come up with new ways to torture my co-host. Uh, yes, it's it's your favorite pastime, aside from messing with the with the controls and everything like that, and, and switching my name and switching <laughs> my name, whatever the hell. Now, so uh, we'll have, we'll have, on, have, to, we'll have to see. Go on. I said we'll have to see how many times you can uh, you can mess with my. Uh, with my name plate t- today. So, uh, let me ask you, um, you went away this week, so how was your week? Uh, it was, it was actually very relaxing. We, uh, we had a, we had a wonderful time and, uh, unfortunately it was time to come home and, uh, well, not, not entirely, unfortunately, because I did miss the dogs, but it's always, it's always melancholy when it's time to come home and, uh, you know, we just have such a good time, but you know, there's always next year, and uh, and now I'm back to uh, torture you as as your co-host, and uh, for some reason you've stuck with me for two years now. So, um, you know, hopefully, hopefully we're just getting started, and uh, you know, we, you know, you know uh, we what it is. I'll tell you what it is. It's the alcohol. It helps me get through this. Yes. Ah! Well. And and that's why I constantly have to bring you back, and, and you know, and I have to I have to constantly test your insure bottle to make sure it's not laced with some stupid shit. But then I just realize your brain it's your brain that's constantly laced with stupid shit. So then I have to, you know, I have to deal with that on a daily basis. Example. My profile picture. You never know what I'm gonna come up with next week. Well, well example. Oh, oh, oh. Well, this 
Well, this is going to be an easy example. Uh, the nightmare example from from right before we got on the air. Uh, you're constantly uh, you're constantly fucking with the control system. Uh, that's another one. Um, oh yes, and you reminded me of uh, of of Adam Pierce's postman gimmick. So it, I still haven't forgiven you for that from last week. So yeah, whatever. But uh, anyway, uh, while I was gone, we did have uh, quite a bit happening with uh, with all out, and that certain that certainly turned out more controversial than I would have expected. Yes, you said so. you said you ordered, even though you went away for the week. Yes, I did, and to, to tell you the to tell you the truth, I was kind of uh, pissed off that I did after the fact. Oh, well, we'll um, get into that when we when we uh, start the show with. Uh, that all-out pay-per-view. Yes, so for, for me, right off the bat, um, this was really a tale of two, uh, a tale of two cities with this pay-per-view because hashtag Charles Dickens. Yes. I and I <laughs> what's wrong with me? <laughs> I I don't know. <laughs> why do you why do you constantly ask me this question to which I don't know the answer? I can't figure you out psychologically. I you know <laughs> I, I don't have that speciality. But anyway, um so the first half of, the, of All Out was really bad. I mean, really bad. Uh, and the second half uh, picked up. Luckily, the the major uh, selling point of of this pay per view, uh, you know, those those matches, um, F- FTR and the Young Bucks, and then uh, the main event uh, saved the show. Um, but you know. Easily for me, this was the this was the weakest pay per view offering uh, from AEW that I've seen. I know, um, me, but you even uh, changed your name to reflect the show. Yes, all out bullshit. And I gotta tell you, the um, the the first half was certainly bullshit. And um, and quite frankly, and quite seriously, we could have had some some deadly consequences uh, from a lot of that bullshittery. Okay, so. now, now let's start with the buy-in. Now, you saw the buy-in, did you? Uh, yes, I did. Okay, and, I, didn't, uh, I, didn't, I didn't watch it. Uh, Joey Chin, the first match was Joey Chinola defeating Serpentico. Uh, what was this all about? How, was, how were these matches? Well, uh, Janela and Serpentico was not good. Serpentico, um, yeah, he used to be in MLW. He was in MLW for a while. Yeah, well, um, you know, I, I think, I think first and foremost, I'm just not a Joey Janela guy, so it's it's hard for me to get um, invested in those because he's just not my uh, cup of tea. Okay. Um, I think, I think. And he's not—he's not even your bottle of Mountain Dew. Uh, he, he, well, no, he's definitely not. <laughs> and uh, 
And neither, and neither neither is his uh, tag team partner uh, Sonny Kiss, but we'll we'll get into that um, cer- certainly yeah. as the uh, as the evening rolls along here. Um, but yeah, I I mean Serpentico definitely has uh, has some potential, but I think I think he's just uh, still really young, and so I'm I'm more than willing to give him additional opportunities but to be honest with you I'm just kind of done with Joey Janela it's one of, it's one of those things where I just don't get it okay and I, I don't think I will I don't think I'll ever get it because he's just not my style of wrestler okay and the uh, second match on the bind was private party defeating dark orders Alex Reynolds and John Silver just and- another match to make to have the Dark Order lose. Well, and to be honest with you, um, I thought that this match should have been on the main card. Really? Why? Um, yes. But they um, had the other Dark Order on the card. Well, well, there, there's that too, especially with, um, especially with the Dark Order being involved in a in a um, high profile match later on in the, in the evening. I I thought it would have it would have made sense to put the underlings on the card as well. Okay. Um, I think that would have added a nice layer of continuity. Uh, but but most of most of all, I just think Private Party deserved to be on uh, the main card a lot more than than the women's match did. Especially considering how the women's match turned out. Okay, and now we're going to get into the show. This show opened up with that match, a tooth and nail match. I didn't know what this was until they explained it on Twitter. Ben, this was stupid. <laughs> this is bad. And Elio defeating Rip Baker in a dentist office. And, and and number number one, uh, Britt Baker. I don't think she should have should have lost that match from from just a storyline perspective. Um, number two, um, that match belonged nowhere near uh, pay per view. That was a bad way to start the pay per view. Oh, it was. It wasn't just bad. It wasn't just a case of bad breath. It was. It was bad wrestling. It was it was a bad look. For no, I know, but I'm saying it was a bad way to start the pay per view itself. No, it oh, terrible. it it was it was a it was atrocious. It was, it was it was embarrassing, and you know both of my predictions came true. I I, I assumed we were going to see laughing gas, uh, which we did. Um, that's what knocked. Um, well, it well it didn't it, it didn't knock out uh, Brett Baker because she was injected with something. But uh, we did see laughing gas, and then we also saw uh, the um, the dental drill, and it got stuck in the in the dentist chair. Well, the the laughing gas must not have been effective because I wasn't laughing at all. Uh, no, uh, no. As a matter of fact, I was I was very pissed off that this match uh, made it to the um, made it to the main card because if if I number one, I'm just a fan of Private Party in general. I think that they are extremely talented, 
Have you ever have you have you ever been to their location where you need an invitation? Have you ever have they ever invited you? No, but I, I you know, I, I guarantee you if they ever met me, they would realize that I am the life of the party, just like I am the lifeblood of this podcast, I can assure you. So big head. No, someone is just very comfortable in his own skin and is very comfortable speaking facts. If someone else doesn't like it, that's not my fucking problem. But, uh, but nonetheless, uh, AEW did force this, uh, oh, you motherfucker. <laughs> what, is, what is this? Excuse me, ladies and gentlemen, I have to... I have to veer off the professional path because once once again, Elio has decided to uh, to hijack my my square on the on the Zoom call here. So what did what did we uh, what did we uh, what did someone we has a big head? Has a, what? a big head. Oh Lord! Didn't you already say that once? But <laughs> any, anyway, go on. Anyway, while my while my co-host continues to entertain himself, I will I will once again attempt to entertain uh, the listener, and I will I will just say, I'm, it's very unfortunate that we as fans were subjected to this match because whatever they were trying to accomplish, it was a giant sling and a miss, um, on all fronts. Um, so I, I was very, I was very irritated with the beginning of the of the show. Even my, even my brother and my parents, they they were like, "What the hell is this?" Um, so, and that just that just goes to show you that that match is certainly not an, an example that you want to put on screen when trying to show somebody what AEW is all about. No. Um, so that 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 was just. Overall, that started the pay-per-view off on a very poor, uh, poor footing. So now the second uh, match had the Young Bucks defeating Jurassic Express. The Young Bucks a, lot, a little a more aggressive side to them in this match. Uh, yes, and aside from the fact that your volume keeps dipping in and out, um, Sir, just like I, I don't know what's going on there. Yeah. Um, well, well, it's it was just like my enthusiasm level at the end of Big Slow, Big Slow and Britt Baker. But it once again, uh, just like the sound on this podcast, it rebounded um, when we start talking about uh, the Young Bucks versus uh, Jurassic Express. Um, I don't know if you noticed this, but uh, Jim Ross was calling the Jurassic the Jurassic Express Lucha Express. So I, I, found, I heard that. I found that, wow. to, be, <laughs> I found that to be kind of strange. Um, uh, and uh, but aside from that, I um, I was very impressed with with this match overall. Uh, Jungle Boy gets better and better every time he's in the ring, so that's that's very nice to see. Um, he definitely gets more comfortable. I have a and question. I, yeah. How long is he gonna be a, a a boy? When's he gonna? When are they gonna start calling him Jungle Man? Well, 
Either way, it's it's creepy. If you call it Jungle Man, it's like, ugh. Jungle Boy. Yeah, I mean, that's just, a, just the name. I don't know. I don't get it. Yeah, yeah. The, I don't. I don't like it. And and the wine cloth is not working. <laughs> um. So yeah, that's a that's a that's a loss all the way around. But uh, having having said that, his in ring ability is quite impressive. And and in my opinion, because I'm not the biggest Jurassic Express fan, uh, as I've stated numerous times. Um. But this was easily their best showing. And this match should have uh, should have started the the pay per view, no question. I think I think it would have I think it would have been much better for the for the tone of the show had this gone on first. All right, then we had the Casino Battle Royale. It was won by Lance Archer, but was it really? Well, well. Apparently, they're gonna they're gonna start a storyline with this because it would appear that um, on Dynamite that they realize their mistake because um, what Elio is referring to is if you pay close attention, um, Eddie Kingston was not ever officially eliminated from the buy-in battle royal, so. Um, Eddie cut a promo about that uh, after um, after he got inv- involved with the ending of. Hold um, on, hold on. Say that again. What did you call this match? The the buy-in battle royal. Then why wasn't this on the buy-in and private party on this sh- on the car the main card? Right. Uh, well, well, that's a very good question. And once again, uh, just like they did with um, with forgetting that Eddie Kingston was never eliminated, this was another example of a logic gap um, by uh, AEW. You know, I I uh, I admit I get very frustrated with um, logic gaps, whether it be uh, AEW or WWE, because quite frankly, it's just insulting to the fans' intelligence. So it doesn't really matter what company is guilty of it. When it, when that happens, I'm gonna call it out because it's just it's just ridiculous. But at the very least, um, they appear to be turning this into a storyline, and maybe Eddie Kingston will get some a redemption of some sort because. Um, that was a big boo-boo by uh, by AEW to uh, to to uh, get um, all out going on the right foot, which they really struggled to do um, for a long time. All right, next we had the Broken Rules match, which they might as well just have called it a last man standing match because that's what it was, and. Matt Hardy defeating Sammy Guerrero, which I think this match should have been stopped after that terrible fall that Matt Hardy took. Oh well, it's it's no question. Um, you know the fact that um, the fact that this match wasn't stopped um, was absolutely grotesquely irresponsible and very um, very very dangerous. And I dare say, um, had the outcome been worse. Um, I think AEW might have been suffering from 
from some serious litigation. I know, um, you know what part was really uncomfortable is watching Semi Guerrero pick Matt Hardy up and Matt Hardy couldn't even stand it. It was like picking up dead weight. Well, yeah, and um, I, I absolutely agree with you. Um, I saw the look in his eyes when uh, Sammy picked him up and he was gone. Uh, you know, that was that was a case of nobody being home and it was very obvious. Um, and to, to be honest with you, I was very confused because um, first of all, when his head hit, um, my heart stopped because I literally thought he was dead. I honestly did, I because th- he didn't move for a good, you know, minute, minute, minute and a half, mm-hmm. and um, you know, judge because I was one, I was watching him, and then two, I was watching um, Aubrey Edwards, and and she looked like a deer in headlights, like she didn't know what what to do, and I don't necessarily blame her in that situation. Um, because that was that was just a situation that nobody could have foreseen happening. However, um, like I said, I, I was very confused because um, I thought for sure that they were going to stop the match. I'm like, there's there's no way in hell, you know, because it's as soon as Samson, uh, Doctor Samson came out, I was like, okay, th- this is, this is over, and and it should be over because I was. I was very concerned for for the health of Matt Hardy, uh, first and foremost. You know, I don't I don't give a fuck um, what any stipulation is. I really don't. I think when somebody gets um, gets hurt like that, um, real life has to uh, supersede any stipulation that you might have. And um, you know, I know that that was. I know that's the reason why they restarted the match and and went directly to the to the ending. But I would like to, I would like to um, state the obvious because in this situation, I feel it, it's extremely nece- necessary. I mentioned that AEW may have avoided some litigation, um, but on top of that, quite frankly, they they dodged a body. Um, last Saturday night because um, from the look and sound of that fall, um, Matt Hardy should not be breathing uh, right now. Um, and the, and look, thank the Lord that he is because um, outside of uh, professional wrestling, I want Matt Hardy, the person, uh, to get as healthy as he can, you know, um, as quickly as he can because – you know, he just had another baby. He's got three kids now, uh, and and just from a from a human from a human being perspective, you never want to see somebody get hurt like that. And you know, I, I've been a I've been a Matt Hardy fan and Hardy Boys fan from uh, from the very beginning. So, you know, in in a way, even though I don't know Matt Hardy, even though I don't know a lot of a lot of the wrestlers that we grew up watching, uh, in a way, it's like I grew up with them because that's how long I've been watching and been invested and been in love with the with the sport that is professional wrestling. So obviously, when when you have that amount of of time and emotional investment in something like this, um, 
you know, you never want to see somebody that you grew up admiring, well, and anybody get hurt like that. Uh, and I, like I said, I just found, I, at first, when he got up, I'm like, was, was my first reaction was like, is this a work? Because there's, I was thinking to myself, there's no way that he could have gotten up, you know, but then, but then, so, so within the first five seconds of him, of him getting up, I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, is this a work? But then you, you, you know, I saw the look in his eyes, and I'm like, no, this is not at work. It was, it was very obvious that that he was, uh, he was not with us at that particular point in time. And um, and you know, they had Samson come out, and then and then for like a 90 second period, they bring the he's in the back, and then and then he comes back out. And, you know, they have him climb, you know, 15, 20 feet again to, to do the ending spot of the match. And, and to me, there's no excuse for that. I don't, I don't know who made that call. And quite frankly, I don't care. Uh, but you better, you better blast your lucky stars that Matt Hardy turned out okay. Because num- number one, um, that is that is so unsafe and it, it, it is so inexcusable uh, for them to put him back out there after that situation. Uh, somebody has to step up and look for his look out for his well-being in the long run. Number one, so they failed to do that from that perspective. Um, number two, um, you know whoever made that call uh, made AEW look like was like a bunch of bush league bullshit um professional wrestling i mean that was that was worse than backyard bullshit i i mean i i've I've never seen somebody make a call that stupid in the history of professional wrestling because let me let me explain to you when i when i saw that man's head hit and like i said i heard it too I was seriously. I was having flashbacks to to uh, Stone Cold breaking his neck, and I, I I had flashbacks to seeing Owen Hart laying on the mat. Uh, you know, those were those were two situations that um, flashed in my head. And um, you know, Tony Khan and company. You know, I hope that I hope to God that they learn from this. Because they made a serious, serious, potentially life-altering fuck-up. Um, had had that situation, uh, you know, ended differently for, for Matt Hardy. So first and foremost, I'm very happy that Matt uh, has the potential to make a to make a full recovery. And, and based on what I saw from him on Wednesday uh, at Dynamite, it seems like he will. Um, and I give I give Matt Hardy a lot of credit for saying what he said on on uh, Monday Night Raw because there there was no sorry there, on where I'm sorry on AEW Dynamite <laughs> um, Monday Night Raw I'm that was sorry. cool that that was actually cool I should I shouldn't have said nothing I should have let it go because that actually sounded good but um. But yeah, I, I I I give Matt Hardy the human being a lot of credit for that because um, 
you know, what, what his family must have gone through uh, that night. And I know, I know for a fact, Reed B. Hardy was pissed off. Uh, and, and, you know, no shit as to why, because you know, I think anyone would have been pissed off in that scenario. So, you know what, I dare, I dare say that AEW as a, as a business would have been in trouble uh, a lot more than they were if, if Matt Hardy had gotten uh, gotten uh, significantly hurt on a long-term basis, because that certainly had the potential to end that way. And I'm just I'm so glad it, it, it didn't. But you know, it's just somebody has to step up and 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 make the decision that is right for the wrestler. And whoever made the call to have the match continue in any capacity made themselves look like a Bush League level jackass. So and I don't know how you follow that up, but uh, I don't think this match was the one to follow that one that up with. Well, uh, well, well that's the that's the thing. I don't I don't think that that you can follow up that situation with anything because I don't know about you, but as soon as I saw that my heart was completely taken out of the pay-per-view in general. Um, I just, I wasn't in the mood to watch wrestling after I felt like I almost saw somebody die on, uh, you know, on pay-per-view. It, it, it's just, you know, it goes back to what I was, what I was saying, you know, yeah, wrestling is the suspension of disbelief and, you know, it's, it's larger than life and, characters and all that stuff but when you have a when you have a potentially life-shattering situation for anybody it's just like i no longer give a fuck about the storyline or the stipulation of the match so somebody made a serious boo-boo in that situation and hopefully hopefully that never happens again because i i highly doubt that aew can dodge that kind of bullet twice and uh, so this the next one, it was uh, for the AEW Women's Championship, Hikaru Shida defeating Thunder Rosa. I liked this match. Oh, I absolutely loved it. Um, yeah, this was this was far and away the best uh, women's match offering that AEW has ever had. And um, you know, I don't I don't know what uh, what Thunder Rosa. Uh, contract situation is with Billy Corgan and the NWA, um, but um, I would I would certainly entertain the uh, the possibility of bringing Thunder Rosa in down the line because she's defending um, the NWA championship against Eva Lee on a Wednesday night. Oh, so she, oh, so she's I thought she was done after all out. Nope. Okay, so this, that means they, um, again, which which probably which probably would would point in the direction that unless if and when NWA gets back to producing television after uh, during the pandemic or after, it, it would it would appear that um, that Thunder Rose is going to be in AEW for the interim because my my understanding was that she was done after all out. So the fact that the fact that 
you say she's being advertised to go against Ivelisse. Um, that's that's encouraging to me for her future in AEW. So, in our next match, we had an eight-man tag match. I hate these multiple men men tag team matches. It was Matt Cardona, Scorpio Sky, Natural Nightmares, Fiend of the Dark Order. You know, and, and this this is this is the thing, right? So I I personally. I have gained more respect for Dustin Rhodes as a wrestler uh, and as a person, quite frankly, if, if you if you see his social media and everything and just how he conducts himself. Um, but you know, but as a as a wrestler, Ben. ben yeah. Read your name. Read your name. I'm renaming. I'm playing around with the controls again. Uh, yes. So right now it's broken, Ben Pierce. Let's let's see live and in living color on the PNC Progression Wrestling Podcast what my name will be for the next segment of the show. No, this is a me talking to you. Oh Lord, keep talking. I'm uh, stuck. Okay. It's nine o'clock. Cool. Oh, very good. So while my co-host steps aside uh, briefly, um, we will. Uh, <laughs> oh God, not not again, ladies and gentlemen! I'm once again looking into the eyes of a nightmare, and uh, and Elio just dances out of camera range, laughing his ass off. But any, anyway, yeah. Aside from my respect for uh, the natural Dustin Rhodes. You know the match. The match was fine. Um, you know, I I expected, I expected um, the outcome to be what it was, and um, as as a result, I'll take you out of your misery. Hold on. Yeah, as as a result, um, Dustin Rhodes got a uh, got a um, TNT Championship opportunity the following Wednesday on Dynamite and. But here, here's the thing, Elio, and I don't know how how you felt about this. Um, aside from me not liking the eight man tag team matches because we see them all the time uh, on uh, on um, you know dynamite. It's just one of those uh, situations where um, this didn't need to be on the pay per view. I, I felt like this was um, – I felt like this could have been given to another match in terms of time. Um, but it's just one of those situations where, you know, okay, it's on the pay-per-view and that's great, but it didn't really need to be. So I think that this is another case of, um, of AEW needing to be – cognizant of their time management issues um, because I think I think they rely too heavily on tag team wrestling and even though I applaud their focus on tag team wrestling um, this is just one of those matches that didn't need to be there and I felt was on the card for the sake of being on the card and when it comes to pay-per-views especially when you have only four shows a year 
you better be very careful about what matches you're putting on the pay-per-view. Ben? So that's how I, that's how I felt about did, that. Did, ben, did you hear uh, Jim Ross's comment during the match? Yes, I did. Um, apparently, he was um, he was wishing that NJ had a wardrobe malfunction. And, and, and um, people people got on his case about that. I, I'm I'm sorry, you're uh, you're faded out again. People got on his case about that. Yeah, well, and and partially I can understand that um, because I don't. I don't think the comment was necessary, um, but do do I think he should have been raked over the coals for that? No, you know I I've heard a lot worse, um, and I think I think everybody's heard a lot worse in professional wrestling. All you have to do is listen to Jerry Lawler's commentary in the Attitude Era, and I think I think people need to get a grip in terms of their virtue signaling how. However, that being said, um, I um, I understand the eyebrow raising on, on as it relates to the comment. So, um, but moving on, what was the? Uh, let's see what the next match. Next on the match. Card was. What next match was? FTR defeating Adam Page and Kenny Omega to become the new tag team champions. This match went on way too long. Yes, it did. Um, and, uh, hold on, uh, I'm gonna tell you. They gave this match 29 minutes and 40 seconds. That is too long. Yes, especially, and, especially and, for this match, for this uh, company. Right, and once again, it's, it's like I said, as it related to um to the eight man tag match. I think I think this was another scenario where they had to make up time. Uh, considering the fact that uh, the the Hardy Rivera match got cut so short, so I think I think this was a casualty of that. Um, but that being said, I 100% agree with you that the the match went too long. I actually fell asleep briefly during this match. Uh, that's that's how long. Hold it on, went. hold on, hold on. I'm sorry, I was laughing just now when you said that. Because I fell asleep as well. Yeah. <laughs> oh, geez. I'm, 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 I'm glad, glad it wasn't just me. And, you know, honestly, I don't think I was asleep for very long because when I woke no. up, the, ma- the match was still going on. <laughs> right. Was, you know, um, but, um, you know, you're, you know, you're not going to get me to complain about a match's quality when you got FTR and... Uh, Adam Page and Kenny Omega involved. Um, I think FTR is tremendous, um, and and I'm I'm a really big fan of of what seemed to be uh, Kenny Omega's heel turn, and I think that this could lead to uh, the return of the Cleaner, um, or the debut of the Cleaner uh, Kenny Omega, as it would be in AEW. Um, because you know, I I always thought that we were gonna get like the NJPW version of Kenny Omega in AEW, and f- for one reason or another that I haven't been able to figure out yet, uh, that has never come to pass. So I'm hoping that it that it comes to pass 
now. Um, I'm a really big fan of how they executed um, that heel turn. Um, and uh, and it, it, it would appear that uh, the Young Bucks are going to align themselves even more uh, even more so with Kenny Omega because they they completed their heel turn um, on Wednesday when they when they gave a super kick party to Alex Marvez and were fined five thousand dollars each. So I like the fact that um, you know uh, all 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 four of these guys, the Young Bucks and Adam Page and Kenny Kenny Omega are portraying a more aggressive side of them. As it relates to the to the Young Bucks in particular, um, I have to be honest with you, a lot of people, as we now call them, one of the best tag teams in the world, I would have to very respectfully disagree with that. Um, very respectfully, because even though they're very good, oh, oh, um, oh. The Young Bucks. Oh, okay. All right. At least in my book, they, they, they're not even close um, to the best tag team in the world uh, because they need to add more depth to their game and learn the ability to sell in order for me to take them seriously as, um, as the potential best tag team in the world. Now, that's not... I don't. I don't feel like that's me being overly critical. I just. I just. I just think that when people are kissing the young bucks' ass, it gets it gets a little bit nauseating. And I. I do. I do find them very entertaining and very good at what they do. But in terms of being one of the best tag teams in the world, uh, outside of their match uh, at Revolution with the Lucha Bros. I have not seen one single example that would indicate to me that they're the best tag team in the world outside of that one match. Okay, and next we have the main event, John Moxley defeating... Oh, sorry, we uh, missed the match. Hold on. Um, and as, as once again, my co-host attempts to fix his volume issue... Um, uh, it's uh, the Mimosa Mayhem match. Orange Cassidy defeating Chris Jericho. Oh, he, yes. He, he accidentally jumped ahead to the main event. And I, I was going to say we have to go over the Mimosa Mayhem match. You know, it, it was it was entertaining. And I, I was, like I said, in the, um, in the prediction show last week, you know, I was perfectly willing to give it an opportunity, mostly because it was Jericho. Um, as as it relates to a uh, gimmick match, I wasn't very impressed with it, to tell you the truth. It, it, it came off as really overly gimmicky and very stupid, and uh, nothing, nothing very special. So, um, yeah. Do you like the Moses? I've never had them because I don't drink. Well, actually, look at your name. Apparently, you do drink. Uh, well, I well, this is this is the case, ladies and gentlemen, where Mr. Canella has to learn about his co-host. 
or at least pay attention when I speak because I've told him many times that I am straight edge. Um, so apparently, apparently, Elio is drunk with power behind the keyboard because he uh, he uh, very conveniently forgot that piece of trivia about me. No, I didn't forget. I purposely did that. Um, but uh, for, but, yeah. for, the, for this segment alone, I purposely did that. Absolutely. Um, yeah, and I just played along with you. Um, <laughs> but, any, but anyway, yeah, I mean, the match wasn't bad, and I was glad that Orange Cassidy won. Do I need to see a Mimosa Mayhem match again? Hell no. <laughs> I, I, thought it was very, I thought it was very lackluster. I did. All right, now we come to our main event. John Moxley defeating MJF to retain the championship. Uh, apparently, the paradigm shift was uh, banned. However, he managed to uh, hit MJF with the paradigm shift. Um, yeah, and, uh, you know, th- to me, the, this was one of the matches of the night. Um I uh, I really I'm really enjoying seeing MJF's development as a top heel in the company, um, and I I definitely think that within the next um, two to four pay-per-views um, he could be the uh, the world champion uh, definitely by the end of 2021. Um, so. Uh, you know, his campaign sign was saying MJF 2020. I don't think it'll happen uh, then, but 2021, he, he definitely has uh, potential. And uh, and my co-host seems to believe that my middle name is Jacob and my last name is Friedman. No, I, no, I am not MJF's brother, um, ladies and gentlemen, but I am, I am a fan of what that man brings to the squared circle for sure so um you know it 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 was just a scenario of of it not being quite time uh, for mjf i think you know especially considering that uh john moxley is having his uh title run smack dab in the middle of of a pandemic which which unfairly cast his shadow over that um championship reign because it makes it feel less special because no one's there to uh, react to what he's doing. Even though there were, uh, there were, there were a, a, a few hundred fans in the building on Saturday. So it was, it was nice to, um, it was nice to hear that we had actual fans reacting on a pay-per-view and uh, one fan even got a little bit overzealous as Moxley was making his way to the ring for this match, uh, you know, and I, I never really, I never really got fans' obsession with touching wrestlers. I, I find that kind of creepy, to tell you the truth. Yeah. You know, I've, I've been to several shows, and I can honestly tell you, I've never made the attempt to touch a wrestler. Um, I was. You know, outside of the ring or at all. The only the only time I made contact with a wrestler was when uh, Jerry the King Waller fist bumped me at ringside. That was it. But in in terms of really, when was that? 
Um, where was that? That was in, no. When? Uh, when? When was that? Oh yeah, that was back in uh, 2010 in uh, Washington D.C. I had uh, ranked seats. They came. Or, they came. They came here one time around '93 or something like that in Maple Leaf Gardens. We had fifth row ringside. I can't hear you. They uh, had. They came here in '93, and I had fifth row ringside. I ran. I ran from my seat up to the guardrail. Yeah. And. Jerry Lawler is uh, making his way out to the ring. He's walking around the, the ringside area, uh, uh, looking at all the fans with a scowl on his face. Right. And I kept yelling him Burger King, and uh, he, he stared right at me as I kept yelling Burger King. Oh, Lord. <laughs> yeah, he was looking right at me. I'm like, oh, Lord. Yeah. Well, you know, we, um, I actually, um, at the end of the night, I got his autograph, and it's actually it's actually on my wall as we speak. So um, that was definitely a good night. All right, um, so oh, go on. But you know, as, as I was saying about MJF and uh, John Moxley, a fantastic match, and I actually I actually like the fact that um, that um, Moxley used dirty deeds. And kind of uh, broke the contract um, with uh, with MJF because it it gives us a reason to see another another match between the two, and I think I think that'll be good in terms of building MJF up as a threat long term as go into twenty twenty one and hopefully hopefully he gets his hands on on the gold eventually in in the next year, so. All right, like. so that is our review of AEW All Outs. Um, this show, I don't know, I don't, I don't really know what to say. I think we already covered everything on this show. It just it wasn't didn't do it for me. No, it was it was definitely uh, it was definitely an example of uh, mismanagement and. Um, and uh, you know, I expected a lot better. And hope all we can say is that hopefully they learn from this. They learn what not to do in the future because uh, you know certainly that Matt Hardy situation was a scary uh, fuck up on their on their part. And um, and I think I think Tony Khan above all uh, needs to take all out as a, as a lesson and really, really go back to focusing on what brought AEW to the dance and, and that what, and that's being different, but not being stupid. Um, they, they make themselves look stupid with, with decisions that they made with Matt Hardy. Uh, they make themselves look stupid by doing, overly gimmicky situations um but i have to i have to tell you um there's been a lot more um for me to be a fan of with aew than uh any other company in recent history so i'm hoping that they can bounce back from this and i think i think dynamite was a good first step to doing that 
Um, but this is definitely their weakest pay-per-view offering for sure. Okay, so we are now going to move on to Monday Night Raw. Ben. could be considered a low. I think I think the only high that I have uh, for this was the very ending with um, the Mysterio family getting re- um, getting revenge on the former disciple, um, you know, Murphy. Um, or I should call him Buddy Murphy because I refuse to, to address him as if he is the Labrador Retriever. Um... <laughs> But, um, yeah, that, that's what he sounds like when, when, his, when his only name is Murphy. That is just stupid. Um, okay. but, uh, but yeah, I, I like, I like that. Yeah, I like stop, the, stop, stop, the, drop, stop dropping these, uh, wrestlers first names. What's wrong with you? It, it, it's just really stupid. And it's just, a it's just another example of, uh, of the company trying to trying to exert control and just treating the fans as if we're overly simplistic. I don't, you know, I'm perfectly capable of announcing more than two syllables. Yep. Um, but anyway, yeah, go on. So yeah, the symmetry between that beatdown and the one that uh, the one that Dominic took to really. Uh, to really take this feud to the next level, I thought was nice. It, it, especially, especially the part where they uh, they crucified um, uh, Buddy Murphy as well, and uh, and did the kendo stick attack from both the front and back simultaneously. Um, but that was really the only high point that I had. Um, this this. Uh, this episode was just an absolute. Oh, and and the other the other high point that I guess we can put is um is Cedric Alexander completing his heel turn on uh, Ricochet and Apollo and joining the Hurt business. I I really I really thought that that was too long in developing and it was. It was about time for that to happen, but I'm, I'm very happy that it, that it did happen because uh, Cedric Alexander is one of the most criminally underused talents I've ever seen. And um, so the fact that he's finally going to get some shine with the Hurt Business, I'm all for that. Um, I can hear you clapping with what I'm about, I'm about to say. Uh, oh, well, well, now you've got my interest hyped up. One of my low points was Peyton Royce versus Billy Kay. That match was terrible. Oh, oh, there is a god. Wrestling gods do exist. That was that was terrible. 
Well, Billy Kay is a terrible wrestler. And so and so is Peyton Royce to to a lesser extreme. Uh, you know, the, the, you know that match was fucking atrocious. The only the only silver lining to that was it was only three minutes long. Uh, but I still I like them. I still oh, like you. Oh, for fuck's sake! Will you please? <laughs> we, we, what? We, we know you have a crush on your on your on your. Uh, fellow Canadian, and if uh, Sean Spears is ever listening, I hate to break it to you, but I think I think... Sean uh, Spears and I are friends. He lives like an hour from me. Well, his he, his home is Niagara Falls, an hour from me. Oh, well, well then perhaps you can uh, you can go to his house and and, uh, and state your case as to why uh, Peyton Rice should leave uh, Sean Spears. No, we're, no, we're, we're, we're just messing with you. We're not, we're not being assholes, you know. It's, it's all in good fun. Um, but, um, but yeah, as, as, as a match, that, that is just not something I want to see. And now that, the, now that the Iconics are officially broken up, I just I don't know where they're uh, where they're going. And yes, I I am. And thank you for acknowledging my intelligence, Elio. You, you finally <laughs> gave me a uh, a semi complimentary name over there on the control panel. Um, so I appreciate that. Someone's gonna get a big head again. <laughs> yes, and and this this time it swells because of my brain power. Thank you for, okay, for so, acknowledging that. So we've done the raw review then. I'm sorry? We've done, done the raw review. Absolutely. And, uh, Do you have, you have anything else or is that it? No, no, that was it. Okay, so why don't we move on to AEW and I will give my co-host uh, a chance to rest his voice while we go over AEW. Cause I'm TNT, I'm dynamite. TNT, and I will not fight. TNT, I'm a power load. TNT, watch me Absolutely. All right, so this is all the fallout from <clears throat> All Out. Oh, I just came up with the title for the show, the, all the fallout from All Out. Very good. All <laughs> right, so we start off with the Lucha Brothers versus Jurassic Express. This was a good match. Um, what com- what was confusing to me is I don't get all the infighting between uh, Penta and Phoenix. No, no, I I don't get that at all. And this is kind of like a weird group Eddie Kingston has has to get butcher the blade and the brothers. <laughs> yeah, I would have I would have preferred if he was um if he was with pride and pow- proud and powerful just. Just like he was when they were uh, LAX 2.0 in Impact. I really so, like that combination. 
So much rest. You could express defeating Lucha Brothers. They gave this match a B plus. Then we Matt Hardy comes out to the ring to address the AEW fans. He thanks everyone and says that he's still not, he's not clear to compete, but he is going to be back better. And he still has a championship that so he wants to go after. And this, this segment got an A. Yeah, and I, I think um, I think they gave it that rating because he was just it was so heartfelt and it was real yeah. and, and and people could could recognize that and like I said I give Matt Hardy tons of credit for doing that and we see someone that we haven't seen in a while is Orange Cassidy defeats Angelico with the Orange Punch. This one also got oh, an God. A. This one also got an A. Um, well, I don't know about that. Um, apparently, uh, Jack Evans suffered a uh, hairline fracture to his jaw, so he'll be back on the sideline after uh, after not appearing for AEW for quite a long time. So Okay. All right, then we had Kip Sabian and Penelope Ford coming out to the ring. Announce the best man for your wedding, and the best man is Kip Sabian's uh, favorite uh, gamer on Twitch. No, really, it's I'll, I'll tell you who it is. It's Brian Tillman Jr. Uh, no. Oh, okay, no, that's not it either. No, <laughs> it's Miro, and did you catch his music? Uh, yeah, I did. <laughs> Best man. That's, that's what we're going with. We're calling him best best man. Okay, okay. Can we can we can we just discuss this for a minute? Yeah, okay. I know I know this is your segment of the show, but this. No, is go ahead. I, I want to hear what you think about that that name because it's just weird. This is a stupid way to introduce him. Well, and and you can say that again five times over because. Look, I am very happy that Miro is out of the, the WWE prison. I thought he would, I thought he was criminally mishandled. Um, because when he first started, I'm thinking this guy has world champion written all over him. And then they did the prototypical foreigner gimmick, and then from that point they they fucked him over in Rusev Day, and Vince McMahon lied to him and said that the fans weren't uh, complimenting him by chanting Rusev Day. They were actually insulting him and all this bullshit. And you know, so you know when he when he said that the you know the brass ring is imaginary and and, and got all his uh, grievances off his chest. In that two-minute promo, that was good. And like I said, I'm very excited to see uh, Miro in um, in AEW because I, I, if nothing else, he's going to be happier and, and be able to do what he what he needs to do and, and live up to his potential. So from that perspective, I'm I'm very happy about that. I'm very confused with how he debuted um, because. I don't see him and Kip Sapien being a long-term fit or a fit at all. I thought. Uh, well, that, I was just about to ask you: Is he a is he a face or a heel? Because Kip Sapien's a heel. 
I, I, well, I don't know. That that pairing is very um, is very strange to me because, you know, I, I, I even said on Twitter when he came out that, I, that um, you know, this is like a lower mid-card debut for Miro being paired with uh, Kip Sapien. And so I can only imagine that they're going to use uh, Kip, Kip Sapien as the proverbial building to uh, Miro's wrecking ball, I, I would hope, um, because this, this pairing just seems so incredibly random. Um, so, so I'm not a fa- I'm not a fan of that, but I am I am a fan of of Miro having a, having an opportunity in AEW. So okay, and they gave this segment an A. Well, I think I think that's just because you know Miro finally yeah. debuted in AEW. I don't I don't think that had anything to do with the quality of the promo. Then we have Joey Janela and Sunny Kiss versus Chris. Jericho and Jake Hager. Jericho and Hager defeat Kiss and Janela, and Jericho announces that him and uh, Hager are going after the tag team championships. They gave this one a B. I was, I was honestly uh, a little bit pissed off with this one, and I'll tell you why. Oh. It, and it, it's, it's twofold. One, the fact that Jericho and Hager have to sell for Sonny Kiss, who I don't have a problem with. It's just, it. he's not my, my cup of tea. Um, he kind of, he kind of falls in line with the, uh, with his tag team partner, Joey Janela. Those are two guys that I just don't get. And, you know, like I said, it doesn't have anything to do with his, with his real life sexuality or his choices or whatever, you can do what you want. But when it comes to when it comes to professional wrestling, I'm sorry, I can't take it seriously when one of your moves is bumping your ass into someone's face. I didn't even take it seriously when Rikishi did it, and I'm certainly not going to take it seriously when Sonny Kiss does it. You know, when when she's literally bumping his ass into someone's face. You know, and doing splits in the middle of the ring. I mean, this isn't—he—he's not a valet like Molina. He's a professional wrestler, and you're doing that. So, you know, Sonny Kiss the wrestler is not my cup of tea. I, but anyone that goes after Sonny Kiss the person, as I've seen on social media, they can fuck off. I don't have because I don't have one single problem with Sonny Kiss the person. Um, it's just from, but. But, but am I supposed to take him seriously when he's getting legitimate offense in on Jake fucking Hager? I mean, really? I mean, th- that guy could legitimately kill Sonny Kiss very easily with his wrestling acumen, and yet he's selling for Sonny Kiss. Like what? And 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 number number two. Um, I, fi- I find the decision to put uh, Hager and uh, Hager and Jericho in a tag team be an ominous precursor. Uh, number one, because I think it's going to lead to the breakup of the inner circle, which I don't want to see. 
uh, and because because you know in, inevitably they're gonna they're gonna run into uh, Santana and Ortiz in their quest for the tag team gold, which is gonna be a launching point for the for the you know destruction of the inner circle, which I don't want to see because I really enjoy the inner circle. Um, and number number two, it's just very random that a former uh, that a champion of 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 Jericho's uh, standards, or a former champion in this case, um, would just randomly and for no for no good reason seemingly throw his hat in the ring for a tag team title opportunity. So I don't the so the logic isn't quite there. I mean. I mean, I'm going to find Jericho to be entertaining in any capacity. So from that perspective, I don't have a problem with it. It's just, it's not really logical to put him in the tag team division at this point in time, at least in my opinion. All right. And uh, then we had actually before that, we had to go back to before the Matt Hardy segment, they had uh, Jake Roberts and Lance Sarge promo, which was, Better than their live promos. Jake's live promos are terrible. Well, yeah, and uh, and to be honest with you, um, I to your point, I've been much more impressed when when uh, Jake when Jake's promos have been taped. Yeah. Um, the tape one that he cut against Cody was great. Um, but this this one where he's outside in the rain or with, uh, with Archer it was just very strange. Um, so that was a, that was a miss for me, and and it, it feels very strange to say miss in the same sentence with Jake the Snake Roberts. So it, it just didn't land for me. So, so back, uh, back to promos, we had uh, Moxley uh, doing a promo, kind of promo backstage, and then we had FTR celebration. This was stupid. Yeah. What was the point? What was the point of this? Uh, I like this. They gave they gave this segment a C. Oh no! Sorry, 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 sorry. They gave it actually they gave it an A. Oh fuck off. <laughs> No, oh, the, fuck off. The next match, it was Ty Conti making her AEW debut as she's officially signed with the company. And Nyla Rose defeating her in her debut match. And they gave this match a C. And I thought this she was the wrong person to put uh, Ty Conti into the ring with on her first uh, Yeah. Y- you think? Why would they put her in the ring with Nyla Rose? I don't, I don't fucking know. Why is Nyla Rose in the ring at all? Well, and look, once again, people are making a big deal out of Nyla Rose because because of the, of, of the PC agenda. And I'm not saying that that's right, but that's, that's just what this is. Okay? As a professional wrestler, Nyla Rose shouldn't be in there. I'm sorry. And the fact that t- that uh, a legitimate black belt it, or a legitimate martial artist such as Tay Conti has to be in the ring and sell for this bullshit is is ridiculous. And what's worse is uh, most of this match took place during the commercial. And which is which? Is there, 
AEW's placement of commercials or the or the picture in picture I drives me fucking nuts. Uh, I hate it. Like, okay, when AEW first started, uh, we were talking about, like, um, which one are we going to, which show are we going to watch on the first night? Uh, the AEW is on TNT, right? Are we going to watch the next year? Are we going to watch AEW? And yeah. then I'm like, I've got it. I'm going to do picture in picture because on my screen, I can do side by side. I don't have the stupid little box. But I was joking because even picture in picture alone is just distracting. Yeah, seriously. So that brings us to our main event, the TNT Championship. Brody Lee defeating Dustin Rhodes. They gave this match a B. And, and what? The, did, the, did, the, did the outcome surprise me? No. Was it the right call? Yes. Um, as I stated earlier, um, you know, they could have saved the, the tag team match from All Out and put that on Dynamite and had that match in this slot, and it would have been fine. Um, was, was the match with uh, Dustin Rhodes and, um, and Brody Lee a good match? Yes. Um, did I need to see it to further a storyline? Do I feel like it furthered a storyline? No. Because we, to me, we've already seen what we what we needed to see with uh, with um, Cody Rhodes getting take, taken out the way he did, and, and and I don't know if you caught this, but that uh, all out um, or uh, or yeah, at all out they they announced that uh, Cody was going to be like hosting this. New game show, the go, yeah, the go Big Show or something, or whatever the fuck it is. Huh? And, yet, and yet, I'm supposed to take seriously that he did got killed by by um, Brody Lee. Like, like it's it, situations like this where my eyes just start to roll, and I I legitimately start to get pissed off because this is another example of. An insult to my intelligence. Like, you know, you're not going to have me invested in a situation with, with Brody, with you know, with Brody Lee and the Rhodes brothers, and then, oh, oh, um, Cody's not hurt because he's hosting a game show, and then go back into a situation where, where Dustin is fighting for the, um. For the honor of his brother, like if if WWE had had pulled something like that, my exact reaction would be like, "Fuck you for insulting my intelligence." So in this situation, I'm gonna have to say the same thing to AEW, and that I really don't appreciate them insulting my intelligence. They really have to be careful with doing the stupid shit. You know, this is just. This is just one of those situations that didn't have to be put on the show. All right, and uh, that is our AEW Dynamite uh, review. I'm going to throw it back over to Ben for NXT.
Yeah, let me let me just pull that up here. There we go. Um, so really, the only the only high point for uh, for NXT was the, uh, the the match that kicked off the show, and that was Adam Cole versus Finn Balor uh, for the NXT Championship. This was you know, like this the was big match. selling point for uh, Super Tuesday too. You know, like and why this match was necessary to do when you had the um the the sixty minute Iron Man match uh four way uh the previous week, I will never be able to understand. If you missed that rant from uh last week, go back and check that out because that was a that was absolutely one of my best rants in in the two year history of this show and I Absolutely stand by that 100% um, as it relates to this uh, one-on-one match for the NXT Championship this week. Now, having said that, this was a perfectly, um, perfectly good, um, you know, TV match for the championship. It's just that um, I really, I really can't get invested in it when. Uh, when last week was such a fuck finish. Um, but on the positive side of it, um, they got the result absolutely right. I don't think anybody um, who was using who was using their intellect um, would have realistically believed that Adam Cole was going to become the champion again uh, so soon after. Uh, losing the title to uh, to Keith Lee at the uh, Great American Bash. It was definitely the right call to uh, put the title on the Prince, and I am very excited to see what uh, Finn Balor can do uh, with the NXT Championship. Because um, you know, from from a story from a story perspective, um, excuse me. I, story perspective uh, this was just perfect because you know uh, you have uh, Killer Cross who got injured with the shoulder the same way that uh, that Finn did you know in championship matches and they both had to drop the title for the same reason so it was just you know everything comes full circle and that was well played and uh, you know I, I said it when uh, when Johnny Gargano first came into uh, NXT. I I said to myself, you know, he should be parked in NXT for 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 good. He I don't think Johnny should go to um, the main roster. And certainly, if if the best that the main roster has for Finn Balor would be the same as we saw before he came back. The NXT, I think he should stay in, in NXT. Um, because this is the Finn Balor I want to see. No, uh, so, he, well, big he, fan of that. But, go ahead. You mean like the Steel Cage match? Um, it was, yeah, I'll say this. It was, it was a good match, but... I was emotionally taken out of it because I just 
I didn't see the point in having that match. Like, I didn't understand what was what was on the line or how, like how it progressed anything. So I was I was a little bit taken out of that. Well, I think they I think they wrote Mercedes Martinez off of NXT. Um. And, well, I would I would certainly I would certainly hope not. Uh. You know, like like I said, like I said, um, you know, I think if I think if either of these women get called up, I think they're done. Because you know, uh, re- because Rhea Ripley already got screwed. Um, you know, when she was uh, you know, at WrestleMania 36, you know, and which which was uh, till the day that I die. I will maintain that that was one of the most fucked up decisions that I have ever seen, especially given how it turned out with, um, you know, with Charlotte Flair getting injured and then it's being said that she's going to be out for the rest of the year. And, you know, even though that wasn't the case at WrestleMania, like to me that that whole scenario is just kind of like, um, you know, just kind of poetic justice for me because because the fact that um, Rhea Ripley lost in the way that she did was just disgusting. Um, especially especially the way she got the big celebration when she won the NXT Women's Championship in December. Um, I just thought that was criminal. But as it relates to this cage match. Yeah, it was a good match. Yeah, she got established as like the biggest badass. But like what's what I gotta see what the end game is before I'm prepared to give the match more credit. Okay. So is there do you have anything else? Uh no, that was about it for me. Alright, so that was our NXT. We are going to move into Friday night SmackDown. <laughs> Yes, I'm. I'm sorry, Elio. That that's not my bag. But this week. Are you ready? For me, I don't know. I I like Alexa Bliss's new character. It was pretty much the, the highlight uh, for me. And uh, Bailey's uh, promo and explaining her attack on Sasha Banks. I I I agree on both fronts. My low light was that stupid Firefly Firefly Funhouse bullshit. That was the most disturbing, uncomfortable segment I've ever seen. Uh, yeah, that was, that was just bad. Wobbling walrus, is this what we're doing in 2020? 
Oh, oh, and not only Wobbling Walrus, but Vince made a made a no, appearance. no, no, right? So I, I'm sorry, but because I, I bring Wobbling Walrus because that's the newest uh, edition. Is this what we're doing I, in 2020? I, I know it's it, it's just it's the prime example of why 2020, <sighs> as in the wrestle world, is just another example of why 2020 has brought wrestling. To the just, down to the doldrums of being complete shit. Just stop. <laughs> oh, it, it, it was it was it's just sad. Oh my god, that, that's just terrible. Now they're selling wobbling walrus uh, t-shirts. Oh what? Oh god! I, you know what? We're gonna have to do on the fly research. I gotta look this up. I'm actually going to look this um actually let me Google it on my iPad and I'll show you the oh my god, this is so on the fly <laughs> research, ladies and gentlemen, because no 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 Ugh. let me see, I believe okay, images wobble is it wobbly walrus or wobbling walrus? I don't know I go fuck I think it's wobbling walrus. <laughs> Walrus. Hold on. T-shirt. Hold on. T-shirt. My T-shit. <laughs> exactly. Ladies and gentlemen, Ben. Oh my god. <laughs> what the hell? What the fuck is that? Tell the listeners what I just showed you. Okay, okay, ladies and gentlemen, we have like what looks to be a teal colored t-shirt with the words wobbly walrus written written as if no, a child. No, 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 no. I'm gonna read the full t-shirt, okay? Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Wobbly Walrus. To which I respond, fuck you, <laughs> drop dead. <laughs> I mean, what the fuck? This is disturbing. This is WWE <laughs> website itself. Oh god! Well, WWE's creative department clearly can, clearly sucks a bag oh, of dicks. God, <laughs> oh. what, what, what was what was more disturbing, the the T-shirt or my description of the creative department? <laughs> the T-shirt. Uh, oh, oh, hold on, I gotta show you another one. Um, this one, I don't know if this is official or whatever, it's from another site. This one is a long sleeve t shirt, ver a long sleeve version of it. Oh, for fuck's <laughs> sake. <laughs> oh, no, uh, uh, oh, I give up. I give up. I mean that that is that that right there. That's disturbing. What is that shit? <laughs> yes, it, it looks more disturbing than your nightmare that you subjected me to at the start of the show. <laughs> I bet you. I bet you'd be happier seeing that than the walrus. Uh, yeah, exactly. Oh, oh hold on. I have more. I have more information on the T-shirt. Now, Ben. How much uh, would you guess this t-shirt is? Uh, $27.99. Ah, uh, see, you have it in front of you. What the hell? No, no, I didn't. No, I don't. I swear to God. 
Is that well, what that, it is? That, that, that's, that's the price I, I have at $27.99. Oh, oh my God. Oh, God. I had a premonition concerning Paul Heyman's Wild Label Walrus. Oh, my God. God. Oh. This is, this is just, uh, it's an atrocity. Ladies and, ge <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, can we, can we do something we've never done here on the show? Can we host a moment of silence in mourning for the state of WWE and the Wobbly Walrus? <laughs> Thank you for observing this moment of silence brought to you by your friends and your equally ag-hast co-host of the PNC Progression Wrestling Podcast. We appreciate your cooperation. Uh, oh my God. God. Okay, so from one low light to another, I suppose we should move on to our retro review and our weekly, uh, our weekly trip back in time via the DeLorean. No, I wouldn't call this uh, low light. This was... Uh still around the, it was starting to it was it wasn't quite there yet but well, yeah i mean yeah 1998 but it didn't start getting really bad until 1999 but still i looked at this uh pay-per-view before we came on the air and it it doesn't look too appetizing yeah now okay so let's fire with the lorian we are going to go back to Sunday, September 13th, Your announcers were Bobby Heenan, Mike today, and Tony Schiavone. Now, Ben. Yeah. Actually, first of all, this one was um, took place at the Lawrence Chill Veterans Memorial Coliseum in Winston Salem, North Carolina. Now, Ben, did you see this this uh, show? Uh, no, I did not. Okay. I for, I forgot to watch it because of the. Uh, no, you know, did the... you did? Well, of course you didn't. See well, you, you didn't see it when it aired live, and I, of course, you didn't see it any time after that. No. Right? All right. No. So let's take a look at what we have here. Our opening match was the team of Davy Boy Smith and Jim D'Anville Nightheart defeating the Dancing Fools, Alex Wright, and Disco Inferno. Oh, fuck me. They were a, they were a, ta a tag team. This is uh, what they. This is what they gave Davy Boy Smith and Jim Neidhart. Are you serious? You put these two curtain jerking motherfuckers in the ring with Jim Neidhart and British Bulldog. What oh, the fuck? Oh my god! Terrible. Oh, god. Okay. Clearly, clearly, this was forecasting of the downfall of WCW. Then we had a WCW, a WCW World Television title match. Chris Jericho defeating Fake Goldberg. 
Oh, for fuck's sake. Was this Gilbert? I don't know. I don't care. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. That, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, the opening match they gave uh, the you, mi- was- you missed my song. It was it was a it, it was perfect for this. Go ahead to repeat myself. Go ahead. I don't, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> that that off-key rendition of my opinion was more entertaining than this match. <laughs> I applaud that. Thank you. All right, so actually, yeah, let me go back to the opening match first. They gave that tag team match 11 minutes and 53 seconds. Oh, my God. Well, that's a very extended bathroom break for the people that were unfortunate enough to purchase this pay-per-view. Now the, now the, now the Jericho um, fake gold room match, they gave that one a minute and 14 seconds. Um. Oh, kiss my <laughs> overly pasty white ass. What the? <laughs> oh, my God. Bad image. I apologize for my calls. What? No, but, but my, my point, my point being, my point. Your point my being that is, is that you just keep our listeners a bad image. No, no, my, well, my point for my, for my painting of that image was, was the fact of, Listen to this logic, ladies and gentlemen. Now, match number one, the Dancing Fools, Alex Wright and Disco Inferno, were given 11 minutes. Okay? Now, a match involving Chris Jericho was given a minute. Okay? This is clearly the, the... Clearly, the beginning of the downfall of WCW because if this doesn't scream fuck up on the highest volume possible, I don't know what does. Then uh, we next we had Ernest Miller defeating Norman Smiley. This one went five minutes and four seconds. I'm sorry, I don't know if you heard that, but I just yawned live on the air on the PNC Progression Wrestling Podcast. Then we had Rick Steiner versus Scott Steiner, which ended without a winner because it went to a no contest. This one went five minutes and 30 seconds. Jesus Christ, what the fuck is wrong with these people? (laughs) Next, we had Cruiserweight Champion Juventud Guerrero defeating Silver King, and this one went 8 minutes and 36 seconds. Uh, well, you know, if it wasn't for my overwhelming fondness of the Lucha Libre art, I would, I would, I would be very, um, I would be very pissed off, um, or I would, I, I would neglect, I should say, I would neglect to highlight how pissed off I am that this match got less time than the Dancing Fools versus Jim Neidhart and the British Bulldog. What the fuck is going on with this pay-per-view? Then we had Saturn defeating Raven in 1402. Oh, God. Poor Raven. Can't even win his own match. (laughs) 
Then, following that, when Dean Malenko defeats Kurt Hennig by disqualification in 7 minutes and 37 seconds. Okay, well, just, you know, once again, once again, ladies and gentlemen, I have to, I have to be perfectly upfront with you in my honesty in saying that I have never seen this pay-per-view. But just on paper, uh, given what Elio just informed me of, I have to get pissed off just off of principle because Kurt Hennig versus Dean Malenko, a classic pairing, was given less time than, can you guess it? The Dancing Fools versus Jim Neidhart and British Bulldog. And yes, if it's becoming a running game, doing that on purpose because it is absolutely disgusting. What the hell is going on? Then we had Conan defeating Scott Hall. This one went 12 minutes and 2 seconds. Okay, well at least finally we're getting some logic to end this show. I I was always a, a huge fan of Conan so can't really bitch about that. And in the main event, it was a War Games match. Diamond Dallas Page defeating Bret Hart, Hollywood Hogan, Kevin Nash, Lex Luger, Roddy Piper, Stevie Ray, Sting, and Warrior in 20 minutes and four seconds. Oh, my Lord. Uh, let me ask you something. Did you – now, clearly I haven't, but did you ever see this match? I don't recall seeing this pay-per-view at all. Maybe okay. I did, maybe I did, I just don't remember. Yeah, well, this is, this is the only match that would, that would draw interest for me, so I'm, I'm kind of, um, I'm kind of curious. Now, I, now I have a question for you. How, yeah. does, how does buy rates work? If it's like zero point whatever, that's low, right? Uh, yeah, that's incredibly low. Okay, despite the buy rate for this pay-per-view was 0.71. Oh, yeah, that's terrible. <laughs> this this looked like a really bad pay-per-view from top to bottom. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God, look, look at the names in that main event in that War Games match. Like, come on. Yeah. Uh, all right, then uh, that's that's our uh, that's our true time travel time warp for the week. Uh, next week, Ben, next week we have our we are going to fire up the floor and we're going back to 2015 for uh, Native Champions Seth Rollins versus Sting, yeah, and um. I'm uh, I'm looking forward to that, and I I can virtually guarantee you, ladies and gentlemen, and this will serve as my sign off for the evening. But I promise you that our review of a five-year-old pay-per-view will be more entertaining than the 2020 version of Night of Champions. Oh my God! Can you believe this D-level pay-per-view? Is so if you say on. Night of Champions, this one's uh, you mean Clash of Champions? Or Clash of Champions. It doesn't uh, matter. It's still the same. It's still... It's, it's, it's bullshit. Clash of Champions, Gold Rush, who the fuck cares? You know, but I, 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 
I promise you, although my cynicism is absolutely dripping, that our our review will be will be classic compared to what Clash of Champions is going to turn out. <laughs> All right, Bentley, see Rain's show to a close for the week. Good God, I need to I need a drink after being subjected to this, you know, review of WCW. Can we take about a month off before we do another review of a WCW pay-per-view? <laughs> I'm, sure uh, I'm sure we can do that because I'm sure there's going to be some other uh, classic pay-per-views and stuff. I, I already have October 3rd planned. There is no change for that one. I already I can already tell you what that's going to be. What's that? It's going to be the Saturday, October 3rd, 1980. It's going to be the Saturday night's main event from October, Saturday night, October 3rd, 1987, the formation of the Mega Powers. Beautiful. I, I remember this, this event very well because my parents had a party or wedding to go to that night. I said, I'm st- I saw that this was on and I said, I am staying up for this show. And I stayed up for that show. Yes, and, and I wasn't even alive yet, so. You'll, you'll, so you'll, you're going you're to get here in for a lesson in old school WWF that night. I I cannot wait because I, I really, I, in all seriousness, I'm not bullshitting here, but I, I enjoy Canela's brand of uh, history education. So I, it's, I'm looking forward to it. I love reviewing these old shows that I've noticed because they have a lot of matches I never even knew were on the card. Absolutely, and, I, and I'm looking forward to it for the same reason. Um, so th- thank you very much to uh, to the uh, listeners. I, I have to extend a uh, special thank you because as I was uh, as I was telling Elio right before we went on the air, um, this podcast has has officially surpassed a thousand views. Um, and actually, I, I was shocked because. On my vacation, I looked up the, the numbers for uh, for the analytics for this podcast, and in our week off, we got more, we got more views in a single week than we ever have. Um, so clearly, you guys missed us, uh, and we certainly appreciate your uh, your uh, enthusiasm and our absence. And we, we are back on our regularly scheduled programming uh, for the foreseeable future. And, um, and hopefully we can uh, continue to entertain you at the same level. And, and you know, we're, we're two years in on, on doing this and we're, and we're really starting to uh, hit our stride. And, and as the numbers would indicate, you guys are digging it. And uh, from, from me to you, I say that thank you very much. And we will continue to uh, provide you with the best entertainment that we can. Right here. I will keep messing my co-hosts uh, even more just to entertain you fans. Absolutely. So the, the, uh, with, with, with all my clever names, I'm sorry. I just have to do this one time. Oh, Lord. Oh, God. <laughs> You had, you had to do it to, to end the show. Ladies and gentlemen, once again, and for hopefully the final time in my lifetime, I have been subjected to the nightmare 
That is, Elio Canella's imagination on on the video game front. So I... Uh, you know what I'm feeling to say? See, unlike what other people might think, you don't build a podcast overnight. Uh, I... I, I I believe I told you about that, just that one podcast that I was uh, working on, that movie yeah. podcast. Yeah. The guys, kept, the guys kept asking me, so do you think we're doing good? Do you think we're doing good? I want to get big. I want this podcast to be big. They expected it to happen overnight. Now, you know, and, and it's, it's funny you should say that because, um, you know, to, to that point, our very first episode that we did – was our to, to to date is still our biggest podcast we've ever done numbers wise. That got that got, that, that, that was the worst show we did our debut. Yeah, and that was that, ladies and gentlemen. If, ladies and gentlemen, listen. If you go back and, and listen to that show, God bless you for your patience. That that show absolutely sucked. I had. I had no idea what I was doing, and I apologize. Um, that was my um, that was my on the job, on the fly training in podcasting, and um, and I certainly appreciate you for uh, for hanging in there with us. And uh, but now that we are uh, now that we're getting better at this, and the numbers are reflecting that, I certainly say thank you. And uh, we will be um, we will be back uh, this uh, coming Saturday, so you're gonna get a double dose this week again of the PNC Percussion Wrestling Podcast. And not not only will we have um, the formation of the Mega Powers uh, to no 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 we're not doing that. I told you that's on October third. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, October. 3rd. I was just I was just telling you that I had that that Davis House already reserved. Right, I, I got really excited, but but um, next week we will have our uh, our Clash of Champions predictions, and um, and we will also have. Fuck, is that a, is that, is it already here? Clash of Champions. I believe so. Yes. See how much I care. <laughs> I I couldn't and ladies and gentlemen I I couldn't give a single fuck, but I I would I would greatly appreciate it if you would and uh, give us a listen uh, next week, and we will be back uh, then. And um, in the meantime, uh, try to uh, try to stay afloat in your um, in your wrestling fandom and miss this absolute bullshit that we're encountering. God, you know, my only question is WWE trying to get retribution against its fan base because that's what it sounds that's what it looks like. But anyway, uh with that being said, we we bid you adieu for this edition of the PNC Progression Wrestling Podcast. We'll see you next next time. Ladies and gentlemen, take care. We'll talk to y'all next week.